Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? I love you people. You're so lovely. <laughs> um, hi, my name is Karen. For those of you who don't know me, I get to be on staff here at Harvest uh, full time and look after a lot of wonderful things like worship and production and just recently student ministries. And I'm really excited to get to speak to you today. This is actually my first time like speaking in front of live people. <laughs> If that makes sense, like live and in person. The other times that I've spoken has been like online, partially or completely online. So I've, I'm really good at like talking to the camera, but it's like there's people in the room now. Yay. <laughs> um, so it's really good to see you and uh, such a privilege and such an honor to get to speak. Um, and I want to shout out our amazing pastors, Pastor Roy and Chris, who are getting some rest and relaxation today. So they are away. So let's just be like praying for them that they get get everything they need while they're away. But Pastor Roy and Chris, if you're watching, we love you, we miss you. Um, and I personally just so thankful for all that you have done in my life and led me through. And you guys are just such great leaders and great pastors. Um, aren't they amazing? They're so good. I love them. Well, like Frank said, we are in the middle of a series called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And if you have missed a couple of things, I'll just give you a really, really quick recap. So we had Natalie speaking on Psalm 23, right? And sort of teeing up the setting of this sermon series and being seated at a table face to face with the King of Kings, um, but that the enemy likes to come and sit at our table and steal from us. And so Natalie spoke about that. Frank talked about the tactics of the enemy. Brittany talked about the battle of our mind and Ryan talked about the path to victory last week. But today I get to talk to you about how God's invitation always stands. God's invitation always stands. And I don't know about you, but I'm already encouraged by that title, <laughs> that God is faithful and he's always ready to receive us. And we're gonna unpack that this morning. But I've been thinking about just sort of like a subtitle to this message. And I think it's that Jesus in his grace and in his kindness invites us into a victory story and what I like to call a feast of freedom. Is that not good, that picture? A victory story and a feast of freedom. And I'm kind of excited about it this morning, if you can't tell. I'm also like a little bit nervous. I've got a lot of energy. Um, but I want you to listen to just a couple of scriptures of the victory story that Jesus has for us. The victory story that he has for you and me right now. Not tomorrow, right now, today. So here's a couple of uh, verses that I was just like, this is just good stuff, good news this morning. So in Deuteronomy, it says, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you, thank the Lord he comes with us, to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Come on, how good is that? John 16, says, in this world you, you'll have trouble, but take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So good. One more verse. First Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is good stuff. This is just like a few pieces of scripture of truth over you and over me this morning. And this is what God says to you and to me. And with that in mind, I want to pose to you a question this morning. If this is what God says, 
if this is what he has, if this is what he says to us, do you agree with God? Do you agree with God? Everest is nodding. <laughs> yes, and I love that. And yes, 100%, right? We would all say, yeah, of course, we agree with God. We agree that this is our story. But I kind of want to let that question hang for a second because even the title of this series, I was thinking about it. I was like, this is kind of almost funny and super obvious. Like, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. It's like, duh. Of course, none of us are like, yeah, enemy, you can have a seat right there. You can just steal all this stuff from me. I don't mind a bit. It's like, no, of course, we don't want the enemy to have a seat at our table, right? It's like this obvious thing. And all these truths about the victory that God has for us, it's like, it's obvious and we wanna agree with it. But what is it that wiggles its way in and steals from us even still when we agree or when we wanna agree. And so what I wanna talk about this morning is just some interruptions. I call it dinner interruptions in our feast of freedom and our victory story with God. Because again, I think, you know, we'd all nod our head and we agree, but I think there might be areas in your life, and I know there's areas in my life where it's like, I wanna agree, but something is missing. There's a bit of a disconnect. The enemy is sitting down. I don't want him there. And I know that there's victory and I know that there's freedom for me, but it's like, oh, do I agree with God in my heart of hearts? Not just in my head, but in my heart. So that's where we're going today. Um, and I just wanna throw out kind of a thought to you that I've been thinking about it this way and maybe it's like just a Karen thing and if it is, that's fine. But I've been thinking about like my life as having multiple tables. So we say like, we're not gonna give the enemy a seat at our table and we kind of, you know, put a blanket statement out there. But it's like, I feel like there's a lot of areas in my life where I need freedom. There's a lot of areas in my life I have freedom, but maybe there's a table or two somewhere in there in the corner of my heart that actually the enemy is sitting down and having, stealing from me. And so I just wanna encourage you and challenge you a little bit this morning, just consider multiple tables, right? Multiple areas of life and where Jesus might wanna give you some freedom this morning. And one area of my life that I realized the enemy was stealing from me in a couple of months ago, uh, the area was um, being at peace with my season of singleness. Uh, and so if you don't know, I'm the youngest of seven kids. I have wonderful and amazing siblings. We actually just had a vacation, like all of my family was there and it was incredible. So thank you for those of you who prayed that that reunion would happen, because it did and it was great. But I'm the youngest of seven kids and all my older siblings are married and most of them have kids and it's like a riot and I love it. And I, it's just, it's amazing. But the reality is like, oh, I'm still single. And of course I would love to get married one day and I believe that that will happen. Um, and so, you know, if anybody is like single in here and been single for a while, sometimes there's moments where you're like, okay, I'm just impatient. Like my emotions are just like rearing their head and I'm just like impatient or I'm lonely or whatever. And so sometimes you can have those emotions or I, I've had those emotions before. But a couple of months ago, um, I realized I was in a different place and there was something in my heart that was like, wow, I think I've actually started disagreeing with what God has to say about this part of my life. And I was actually at a Christian conference. And again, if you're like single and you're at a Christian conference, you're like, hey, this is a good spot to meet somebody. 
And so I was just there and, you know, I'd had some conversations with people and lovely people, but like nothing really came of it. That's so fine. By the way, I'm not, this is not like a call to like hook me up with someone. Please don't do that. I don't want that. I'm really okay. But um, at this conference, I realized there was something in my heart that was like, really not okay and it wasn't just emotion. And I found myself, like I locked myself in a bathroom stall and I was like, Jesus, what is going on? And I realized that in the depths of my heart, I was like, oh God, I've actually stopped trusting you with this part of my life. And it was hard to come to that realization of like, whoa, I didn't realize I had come so far. And it's like, in my head, I know that the plans that God has for me are good and his promises are true. But it was like, in that moment, I was like, I had departed and I was now in this place believing, actually believing lies that the enemy had fed me of like, this part of your life doesn't matter to God. And like all these things that the enemy was throwing at me. And it was like, I know that that's not true, but something in my heart had actually disconnected and so in that moment I had to just say God man I'm sorry because I know that I know that I know that I know that you are trustworthy in this area too and I had to confess it and actually bring light to it and be like this is what it is and this is wrong and this is not what God has to say about me and as soon as I put light on it it was like oh that's what it is Okay, thank you, God, for revealing it, revealing the lie and leading me to truth. And so I'm remembering again, like God has a plan for my life and a purpose for my life in every season. But that was just a moment for me. And I guess I tell that story to just say like, a lot of my life, I feel like there's freedom, but it was like all of a sudden there was this area of my life where I was like, whoa, I need some help and I need some freedom. So maybe just consider every area of your life and where Jesus might want to highlight this morning. And maybe I should pray. (laughs) We're just like getting into it. I'm like not wasting any time this morning. All right, let's pray. Jesus, you are so good. And I thank you that you have a victory story for us. You have a feast of freedom waiting for us at every table in our life and every area of our life. And Jesus, we are not okay with disagreeing with you in our heart of hearts. We're actually not okay with allowing the enemy to come in and steal what is rightfully ours. So this morning, God, I pray in your tenderness and your kindness, you would just come and reveal to us where we need some help, where we need some freedom. And I just thank you for every person here in the room watching online. Would you meet with them in the way that only you can this morning? We love you, Jesus, in your powerful name. Everybody said, amen. Okay, so I wanna talk about a couple of dinner interruptions. And the first dinner interruption I wanna talk about is shame. Shame. And shame is the feeling of being defined by your sin and by your shortcomings. Shame intertwines sin and your identity. Shame says, I am a failure. I am something bad. So when we sin, a few different things can happen, but sometimes when we sin, we feel this shame attached to our identity, attached to who we are. Um, And whether we've done something wrong or something has been done to us, we can feel shame. And shame moves us into hiding. 
shame moves us into hiding. It says in Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. When we hide under shame or or when we feel shame and it causes us to hide, it actually results in nothing good. (laughs) And you know what, hiding, that feeling of like something wrong has happened or I've done something wrong and I just wanna get away from it and I don't wanna touch it, I don't wanna talk about it because a lot of times like sin is ugly and it's not nice and we don't wanna shed light on it or whatever. And so we move into hiding. And I guess something that might be slightly encouraging is this is nothing new. If you think about Adam and Eve in the garden, they were walking around and they were free of shame until sin hit. And then all of a sudden, all they wanted to do was hide. So we hide when we feel shame. And when we hide, things fester. So this is one interruption. I'm gonna go through these fairly quick and then we'll sort of unpack all of them. But the next dinner interruption is guilt. Guilt. And guilt is more of a legal term. It means like you have done something bad or sorry, done something in the wrong and it's proven and the gavel comes down and you're guilty. And guilt says, I have failed. I have done something bad. And the reality is that we all, we all sin, we all fall short, we all do the wrong things. Um, but here's the beautiful thing, is that guilt actually moves us into healing. Guilt moves us into healing. Because as we sin and we do something wrong and we feel guilt, it actually brings us to a place of bringing it before God and realizing that we're immediately met with his immeasurable grace and his kindness and his forgiveness. It says in Romans five verse eight, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So in either case, in shame or guilt, it's like the freedom is waiting for us. The healing is waiting for us in um, the price that Christ paid on the cross for us, right? He's already done the work. Healing is waiting, forgiveness is waiting. But these are some interruptions, the interruptions of shame and of guilt that move us um, in sometimes a direction that we're not supposed to go. But guilt can move us into healing. And healing is not always a comfortable process. You know, sometimes when stuff happens, it's like there actually is consequences to our actions, but ultimately there's also healing. Um, and so, yeah, I'm thinking about like shame, the way I think about it and describe it is like sin happens and then we feel shame, but it's like shame is wrapped in lies about who we are. And so suddenly like something has happened or whatever. And it's like, oh, I am no longer worthy to be in the presence of God. I'm going to hide and I'm going to go away over here. And we remove ourselves from the very thing that can set us free, but it's wrapped in lies. It's wrapped in things that are so untrue about who we are because God says we are his children, right? And so that's kind of shame. And then guilt is like, okay, I have done something wrong and I actually need to repent. I need to confess, but grace is waiting. 
and freedom is waiting, and there's freedom there. Um, and I love what Louis Gigolo talks about in the book about guilt, and he's like, the enemy would love to keep you on a constant guilt trip, a constant guilt trip. So it's like um, a lot of times, you know, we do something wrong, and if we're in the wrong, it's like we realize we're in the wrong. And all we need to do, it's like we're moving in this direction, oh, like, okay, I've messed up, let's turn this way and walk this direction, right? Repentance is moving from one direction into the other. But what the enemy would love to do is have us looking this way, oh, I've done something wrong. Oh, I should repent, but I've really done something wrong and I feel really bad about it and I've, I've done something wrong and I don't know what else to do. And he keeps us spinning, thinking about our sin rather than our savior. And so these are just things, these are interruptions that I just wanted to bring to you this morning and say, look out for these things. Look out for the lies that the enemy will try to tell you to keep you hidden. And look out for the guilt trip where the enemy will just try to keep you spinning and spinning and spinning, thinking about your sin rather than your savior. First John 1 verse nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He is so good. He is so kind. And I feel like um, confession is actually key. And confession is not like blurting it out to every person that you meet that you've messed up or whatever. It's actually just coming face to face with Jesus and just being like, ah, oh, I recognize that this is not what you have for me and I've been eating it. <laughs> but I'm gonna put it down and I'm gonna turn another way and I'm gonna move towards all that you have for me, God, and I'm gonna move into healing. From hiding into healing but I think confession is such a helpful key, and it is key. Um, a couple of months ago, or not a month ago, I guess weeks ago, it doesn't really matter, but um, I had this morning where there was such a mental battle happening. Have you ever had that where it's just like, oh my word, like just thought after thought after thought that you have to filter and filter and filter and be like, that's not of God, so it goes out. That's not of God, it goes out. And it's like, we've been given the tools, like Britt talked about, the battle of our mind, and so we have these tools in hand. Um, but I had this morning where it was just like, it felt like punch after punch from the enemy, and I was just like, what is going on? Like, this is not fun. Um, and I, I kept realizing, again, we have the tools and it's like, I know that some of these thoughts just like flying through, it's like, that's of the enemy. That's such a lie. Um, and so I have the tools again. And so I, you know, you throw out the lies, right? You don't keep them, you don't play around with them. You're just like, nope, that's not good. That, go that goes out, that goes out. Um, and I recognized before Jesus, I was like, God, like there's thoughts coming in that are not of you. So I'm throwing them out and I'm thinking thoughts that you have of me thoughts of your victory story for me and your freedom feast. And there was a phrase that popped into my head as I was sort of doing this that really helped that I wanted to share with you this morning. It was a phrase that I just heard somebody say, and the phrase is this, I'm not coming under this. I'm not coming under this. And you know, in that morning of just like this mental battle, again, it just felt like the enemy was just like coming after me. And I felt like I was on the defensive zone. 
You know how that feels sometimes? You're just like, oh, like just trying to block and like just trying to um, like save yourself or whatever. And all of a sudden that phrase just got into my spirit. I'm not coming under this. And all of a sudden I began to remember and realize that I'm not on the defensive zone. If we think about like a sports analogy, I'm not on defense. Actually the game is over and I've already won. The game is over and I've already won. Come on, it's good. And so I was like, I'm not coming under this. And something in me, it's just something flipped and it was like, I'm not on defense, I've already won. Devil, you have nothing. <laughs> and I just wanted to share that phrase with you because it was super, super helpful to just come over that thing. Um, but another thing that I really needed that I also wanted to share this morning to get into healing was I actually needed to share it with somebody safe, <laughs> it's a good friend. And so the morning that this was happening, I actually texted a good friend. I was like, hey, like, do you have time to chat today? I just need to process this with you. Because something I've noticed in my own life is like I can spend time battling something in my own mind and keeping it hidden from anybody else. And it festers and it actually gets a little out of control and it actually becomes like bigger than it is. So I was like, I just need to shed light on this and chat with somebody. And so I met up with such a good friend and we went for a walk and I didn't even tell them details. I was just like, hey, like I just had like a mental battle this morning and this is how I dealt with it. And just having that verbal conversation with another human being, as the words come out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, that thing was so powerless. It was so powerless. It was like, it didn't have any hold on me, but it's like when you share it, when you bring it to light and you have a safe person with you, it's like, wow, just puts everything in perspective. And I just found for myself, it was like, as I shared it with somebody else, they came alongside and they were like, oh, okay, cool, let's move forward. And it's like, right, okay. I'm gonna stop spinning in that or stop dealing with that. Because hiding, when we hide things, it causes things to fester. Um, and like another example, so again, I was with my family not too long ago and one of my cousin's daughters broke her wrist um, and she's like a violinist, so it was very sad. And the day I saw her, she had been at the hospital and they had to like reset it or whatever, which is like super painful. And so we were just chatting and I was thinking like, if this girl had never gone to the hospital, what would be happening to her wrist? Something terrible probably. If she doesn't get help, if she doesn't have it observed, what has happened to her wrist? How do we fix it? If she doesn't even bring it to light, if she doesn't even, you know, in this sense, like confess it and go to the doctor and say, there's a problem, she's never gonna get proper treatment, right? And I feel like it's the same with us. It's like, we need to stop hiding things in the darkness and maybe we're not even intentional about it, but maybe there's stuff that's hidden and we actually need to bring it to light so that Jesus can bring proper healing. Um, and this, <laughs> I have kind of another funny illustration, but have you ever been at your house at night and you're like on your way to bed or the bathroom or whatever and you are like, I'm gonna be a ninja and not turn any lights on. And I'm gonna make my way through my house without tripping, without smashing anything. Has anyone ever done that or is it just me? Okay. Um, so you know whenever you do that and you 
stub your toe and it's like so painful or like you bang your knee or you scrape your shin or something and it's like in the darkness you're like, oh my goodness, I think I just broke something. I think like there's something seriously wrong with my leg and it's like this kind of big deal and it's very dramatic and then it's nighttime and it's dark and you're like, did something move? Is somebody there? Like all of this stuff in the darkness is like a big deal. And then like you get to where you're going and you turn the light on and like you see nothing. There's no bleeding, like nothing is bruised. And you're like, oh, I was like making a big deal out of nothing. And I feel like sometimes we hide and sometimes we know we're hiding something or there's just something that we've kind of concealed in our spirit. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to touch it. And it becomes such a big deal. And we're like, oh, I can't talk about that because that's just like way too dark or way too messy. And the enemy would love to keep you there in the darkness, in the hiding. But I really want to encourage you this morning, bring it to light. Get some healing because it's probably not as bad as you think it is. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not as dramatic as you're making it in your head when you're spinning it around and you're the only dialogue that you can hear, right? Yeah. So we need to come out of hiding and into healing. And this morning, I actually wanna sing a song that is called Out of Hiding. It's this beautiful song by uh, a girl named Stephanie Gretzinger. And I wanna sing these words to you. And she wrote these words from God's perspective to us. It's really, really powerful. But as I'm singing this, I just wanna encourage you, just like have your notebook out if you want to, or your notes on your phone or whatever, and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, maybe about where you can get some healing. Come out of hiding and get some healing because God is so good and he's so kind and he has a victory story for you and for me this morning. And he has a feast of freedom and I don't want you to miss it. I don't wanna miss it, I don't want you to miss it. So let's come out of hiding this morning. to cover what I already see You've got your reasons but I hold your peace You've been on lockdown and I hold the key Cause I loved you before You knew what was love and I saw Still that shows the cross And you were the one That I was thinking of When I rose from the grave Now rid of the shackles My victory's yours I tore the veil For you to come close There's no reason to stand At a distance anymore You're not far from and I'll be your lighthouse when you're lost at sea. 
and I will illuminate everything. No need to be frightened by intimacy. No, just throw off your fear and come running to me. Cause I loved you before you knew what was love and I saw it all still I chose the cross and you were the one that I was thinking of when I rose from the grave now rid of the shackles my victory's yours I tore the veil for you to come close there's no distance anymore you're not far from home you're not far from home oh. and though as you run what hindered love will only become part of the story and oh as you run what hindered love will only become part of the story and oh as you run what hindered love will only become part of the story and oh as you run what hindered love will only become part of the story yeah. oh. and baby you're almost home now please don't quit now you're a verse in the Bible that says, those who look to the Lord have radiant faces. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. 
And this morning, I just hope and pray that you get a good look of our good God and our good Savior who welcomes you with open arms, who brings you in out of wherever you've been. You know, we've been talking about different tables of life and maybe you're here this morning and you've never actually sat at the table with Jesus before. Maybe you've never actually begun your one-on-one, your personal relationship with Jesus himself. Um, and I wanna invite you into that this morning. If you've, if you've never invited Jesus to be Lord of your life, it's the best decision you could ever make because he's so good and he's so kind and he has a victory story for you and a feast of freedom. And if you want it, you can have it because it's a free gift of salvation. And all you need to do is just say, that's me, I want that. And here at Harvest, what we do just as a symbol and as an act of saying, I want that, is we get people to raise their hands. So I'm gonna count to three and if you're here this morning and you wanna invite Jesus into your life for the very first time, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, this is for you, he's waiting for you this morning, and three, do you just raise your hand? Come on, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Amen. If there's anybody watching online, if you wanna make this decision as well, all you have to do is just, just as a symbol, something to mark this moment, just type in the, in the comments and say, I want that this morning. And if you raised your hand, what we wanna do is we just wanna pray this prayer with you so you can repeat after me and we're all gonna pray this prayer together. Just say it after me. Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and rose again for me. You wipe away all my guilt and all my shame. So I'm not gonna hide anymore. I'm gonna come and heal. I'm taking part in the freedom feast and the victory story you have for me. I choose to follow you for all my days in your name, amen. Can we just congratulate those people that made that decision this morning? So, so good. Harvest, I hope that you're blessed this morning. I hope that you have a fresh picture of who God is and how much he loves you. Let's come out of hiding and let's come into healing. Why don't you stand up and we'll just sing our way out of the service. Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
Thanks, everybody. I'll see you next week. God bless.